You're listening to Cast, Season 7, Episode 17, The Born Again Identity. Desperate to save Sam from Lucifer, Dean calls every hunter for help, but instead meets a healer with a familiar face. I am one of your newbies, Paul Mackey, in my living room in Duluth, Minnesota, with my lovely wife, Darcy. Hello. And my dog, Moose. Hello. My son, Fox. Hello. He's really here. Okay. And then we're also joined down in Texas by our expert, John, who you heard at the top. Bark. As well as Annie. Hey. And over in New Orleans, our other newbie, Yvette. Hey, y'all. And uh, we're back. Uh, this is actually a different night, so Fox is able to join us. It's not t- quite his bedtime yet. What? Do you have anything to say? You're just gonna hum. He's dancing. He's dancing. You can't. You can't see you dancing. He's like, I'm just excited to be here. All right. So, anyways, uh, we've got a summary from SupernaturalWiki.com, and it also tells us this fascinating fact at the beginning, which is Marin. The patient haunted by her brother is played by Casey Roll. We figured out that she was uh, on quite a few episodes of Hannibal yesterday, or or last week, but uh, we also found out in this trivia that she is the daughter of Mike Roll, who has directed ten episodes at the time of this airing of Supernatural. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. And I probably could have done that fact a lot better. It seemed like I really stretched that out fun, funny, but whatever. <laughs> All right. We got it. Got it. So I'm going to start the thing. Okay. Okay. Sam has been awake for five days, tormented by Hallucifer. Hello. You did that to me when you were a baby fox. You did that? Kept me awake for like five days. Right. But that was mostly from screaming and barfing and not so much... Uh, yeah. I'd like to see Hallucifer screaming and barfing on occasion. It was a little bit like that, though, wasn't there it? Was, there was some, uh, some uh, vibes of uh, pea soup vomit on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't pea soup, but, you know. Good times. Now, the, the thing that Lucifer says about uh, insomnia, about, about the record for going without sleep the longest, is true. It is 11 days. Uh, I actually get insomnia from time to time. Just random bouts of them. Don't know what causes them. Uh, usually, oh, last. Tell us if it's Lucifer. I, honestly, <laughs> I have no, I have no idea. Uh, Possibly. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, they'll usually last me for a couple of days. Uh, the longest one was four days. Ugh. Yeah. Um, I have chronic insomnia, and I take medicine every night so that I can sleep, so I can completely uh, relate. Oh. Yeah. Lucifer tells Sam he'll only survive another week without sleep. He tries in vain to use drugs to pass out, and in his sleep-deprived state is hit by a car. 
He winds up in the locked psychiatric ward at Northern Indiana State Hospital. I don't know if I know if I caught where where they were. It would look like a really nice place. Yeah, not so rats, not so much. Yeah. Maybe there was a rat crawling. I don't know if there was no rats, but there was definitely like the the bed the bedstead in front behind him was all rusty and chipped up and mm. it was a pretty dirty looking place. The sheets look clean. Sure. Well, we have to assume that Sam doesn't have like medical insurance so i'm sure this was like supposed to be like a bottom of the barrel type of place i'm assuming maybe if you're going to be a hunter you should go to canada actually well actually probably (laughs) the reason that most of these institutions look run down and disused is probably because they're actually run down and disused and that's how they can get access to film in them yeah uh usually yeah uh in fact scrubs uh they they shot in an actual literal uh old abandoned hospital (laughs) How interesting. Yeah. That was probably creepy. Yeah, it sounds creepy. Think about all the ghosts. Sam is being treated for a broken rib, lacerations, and what Dr. Kadinsky tells Dean is a full-blown psychotic episode. Doctors have administered several sedatives, but Sam remains conscious. Uh, Dean goes to see Sam in his room and tells Sam he'll find him help. Sam is skeptical, saying they always knew putting his soul back would end badly. Dean leaves and heads to the cabin. Is that where he was? Y'all, how long has Sam had his soul back? Is it one season? Or has he had it back for two seasons? It's no, it's been... Uh, been about a season. Been roughly a about season. A, about a season, about yeah. A season? Okay. Yeah. Mid, mid last season when it went from soulless to sold. Okay. All right. I'm just trying to figure out like how long he's been dealing with this. Because it feels like forever. Well, but. he had a wall for a while. That's right. And they really kind of only broke the wall at the end of last season, so he's been dealing with it mainly for this season. Yeah. It is something that they have been stretching out. They're really milking this uh, Sam is is tormented thing. Yeah. Uh, Dean goes through some of Bobby's contacts. He's getting nowhere, and he leaves Bobby's journal on the table and goes to the fridge for a beer. He's across the room when the journal topples to the ground and a card for Mackie's taxidermy falls out. That's not our kind of Mackie. No, <laughs> different kind of Mackie. <laughs> Dean calls the number and leaves a message. Meanwhile, Sam's still being awake. Hallucifer uh, says that it's like they're actually back in the cage because they're just sitting in a locked room together. Sam ignores him and tries to eat a sandwich, but it's full of maggots. Yeah, that was gross. Yeah. Uh, he drops it and backs away, notices another patient watching from his door, but she leaves without saying anything. Doing my best to skim, because this is a pretty long one. <laughs> uh, back at the cabin, Dean is looking for information online when he receives a call from a hunter named Mackie. Mackie tells him of a healer named Emmanuel in Colorado. He claims Emmanuel passed all his monster tests and then healed his damaged eye with one touch. Encouraged, Dean goes to Emmanuel's house in Colorado and meets a man who turns out to be a demon. Uh, Dean reminds (coughs) the demon about Crowley's hands-off memo. But the demon laughs and says that because Dean hasn't managed to kill Dick Roman, Crowley will want Emmanuel more than he wants Dean. Dean kills the demon with a knife. Yes? I, like, literally don't even remember this scene at all. Neither do I. I do. Okay, thank you. On the porch of the house. They they went to the porch of the house. Dean looked in the window. The woman was tied up. 
he realized, hey, something's not right, and the demon turned into a demon. Okay. And then he killed him with the knife, and he landed at Castiel's feet. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 like, though we did, you know, literally watch it, like, 24 hours ago, in their defense, it was really quick. Like, like all of that happened in literally seconds. Okay, all right. Yeah. That explains why I'm just like, wait, it what? Probably took, it probably took longer for me to read the description and then reiterate the description than it showed, than it took to show it. Yes, yes. It was just set up for the... The cast reveal. And I, I liked that reveal with the... I like the cast reveal. Yeah, the body bouncing down the steps and sort of rolling up to his feet. That was fun. Yeah, I'm going to keep going on the description because I've got criticism for later. <laughs> <laughs> Emmanuel doesn't recognize Dean, has no knowledge of demons, and no memory of being an angel. He thanks Dean for saving his wife, Daphne. And then says he saw the real face of the man Dean killed. Dean tells him it was a demon. Okay, wait a minute. Question. Okay. Wife Daphne. Yeah? How, how long could he have been married to her? Cause, like, <laughs> it's well, only he, been like a couple months, maybe, he, right? He crawled naked out of a river and she liked what she saw, apparently. And I guess she proposed. That was enough to get he, married. He, he, had no, he had no memory of anything, so she must have been the proposing one, too, right? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I see Alright, there we go. I'm done. Speculate all day long about that <laughs> wife. Yeah, because she's kind of a predator. Like, she meets this guy who's, like, clearly distressed, and she's just like, I'm gonna call you this name, and now we're gonna get married. Right? And I, I, it's probably kind of a spoiler, but if I don't mention it, nobody will ever notice. So I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you that you never see her again. Yeah. Like, okay. She never That's comes good. looking for him. Like, who the who <laughs> was this like, woman? <laughs> she married a man she pulled out of the river and then didn't care when he disappeared. <laughs> yep. Also, you can't just marry someone without any form of identification or anything. No, you have to like, like present your ID at the courthouse. Yeah. Unless it was just I had to have two forms marriage. of identification just for like our uh marriage license. Yeah. Like That's true. Th- that makes no sense. It's a spiritual marriage. Only spiritual, not not legal. All right, so she just uh, spiritually married Emmanuel. Yeah. A naked weirdo from the river. <laughs> she's not she's not putting him on her taxes. <laughs> They're not getting that, that marriage credit. <laughs> Emmanuel doesn't recognize Dean. Oh, I did that part. <laughs> uh, Dean tells him that it was a demon and that he's there because he needs help for his brother. Meanwhile, in the locked ward, the patient who saw Sam's reaction to his sandwich brings him a stolen chocolate bar. Sam thanks her and learns her name is Marin. But with uh, Lucifer tormenting him with the loudspeaker, he can't go further than just saying hi. Later on, Lucifer continues to torture Sam, lighting firecrackers. An orderly Marcus brings Sam his meal, and Sam asks Marcus about Marin. Marin do- Marcus doesn't tell him much, only that, unlike him, she wasn't brought to the ward because of an accident. Dean and Emmanuel talk on the car and talk in the car on the way to Indiana. Uh, he mentions that it was a few months ago that Daphne found him drenched, confused, and unclothed, with no memory. And Daphne claimed that God wanted her to find him. Dean mentions the possibility that Emmanuel is a bad guy, but Emmanuel says he doesn't feel like a bad person. Emmanuel tells Dean he can cure illnesses of spiritual origin and should be able to help Sam. 
Uh, Dean goes on to tell him that he is unable to forgive his friend Cass, who betrayed him and caused Sam's illness. That same night, Baron brings Sam another chocolate bar. Because apparently that's all she's good at stealing. Uh, then maybe something else later on. Maybe. <laughs> hmm. uh, she tells. Get locked up, you bring me a hamburger, okay, boy? A hamburger? Yeah. You want that hamburger from anywhere in particular? Uh, I trust him. He, he picks something good. Not Hardee's, I don't like Hardee's. Okay. okay. Thanks. It's important to get these things laid out. Laid out, yeah, when, when you're locked up in the in the loony bin. Yeah. Non Hardee's hamburger. Non Hardee's hamburger. Okay. What well, if there's only a Hardee's? I can't do it. Kill my gallbladder. All right, go ahead. If there's only a Hardee's, then you do want a chocolate bar? Then, yeah, I guess the chocolate bar. But <laughs> chocolate really bar can't hurt. Hamburger. Okay. We just we have to make sure we have this right. Hmm. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> We're all in this together. <laughs> Marin tells Sam she's been in the ward for five weeks and the doctors think she's suicidal. And she says that she hears her dead brother's voice. He wants her to kill herself to be with him. And if she doesn't, he'll do it for her. He's already started a fire to try to kill her. After this, she leaves upset. The next morning, Dean goes into a convenience store and is confronted by three demons, killing one and then getting knocked back, losing Ruby's knife. But, thankfully, if that's the word for it, Meg shows up and kills one demon while the other flees. You forgot to mention the other casualty in that scene. They killed a bunch of beer. And and Dean's cell phone. (laughs) It was just a flip phone, but... They killed some beer. They killed a cell phone. Killed some demons. And the the one the one flees by actually like fleeing the meat suit, not just running away. It says the the killing one demon while the other flees. He he actually like floats away in a cloud of bluch. (laughs) A cloud of bluch, (laughs) or as a cloud of bluch. Dean is surprised to see Meg. And she tells him that she's there because of rumors about a wandering healer, who she's shocked to learn is poor dead Castiel. Uh, she has an ongoing feud with Crowley, and like Dean, doesn't want him to know about Cass. Although they don't trust each other, they both need friends, so Dean agrees to let her come with them to Indiana as long as she doesn't remind Castiel of his true identity yet. And the three of them leave together. Super team. That's us. That's us? Yeah. Oh, we're the super team. We are super team. Hawks, what do you do to demons? I give them hugs. They hate it. <laughs> and that drives them out, right? And yeah. then if yeah. they hate it, I spill water on them. Oh, holy Hawks, water? Plain water. <laughs> and maybe some acid too. Hol- holy water? Maybe holy. some acid. <laughs> oh, holy water. <laughs> Maybe. Do you have some acid around here or something? Hey. I don't know about. No. No. Oh, okay. no acid. Okay. We don't have any acid in the house. Here's some here. smart water. Salad dressing. Salad dressing. <laughs> Vinaigrette. Mm. Wine. It's kind of like wine. Ah, okay then. Ah. Uh, Sam apologizes to Marin for upsetting her. Then she, then he tells her he believes her about her brother and wants to help. From his questions, Sam learns that Marin feels cold before her brother talks to her, and that she's heard him in more than one place, despite the fact that he's been cremated. Sure that he's a ghost, Sam tells her that he can put her brother to rest and then asks if she has anything of his. She wears a bracelet he made for her with an injured hand. It's likely he bled on it. How convenient. 
Sam tells her what they need, and she brings back salt and a lighter she stole from Marcus. They make a ring of salt and stand inside it. When Sam asks her for her bracelet, the ghost of Marin's brother appears, breaking the lights in the room and pleading with Marin not to do it. Uh, they burn it up. He goes poof. Bye. And Marin leaves quickly because the orderlies come in to restrain Sam. And Kadinsky says that they uh, can't give him any more medication, that they might try some light surgery. Fox, when you were two, there were two big orderlies, like that big, that had to restrain you because you punched oh. some lady in the face. <laughs> oh my what? lord! <laughs> yeah, you, t- you told me I like just. Well, there's burst more to it than rage. just him pr- punching someone well, in the face. He, he was really sick, and they were trying to do an IV line in him, and he has veins like mine, so they turn. So it's really hard to do. So this lady, she's she brings in this other like little small lady to help her, and they're like, "Oh, we've got this." I'm like, "Um, are you sure? Would you like some help? I can like lay on them." Or they're like, "No, no, we've got this." And so the one lady goes to put the the IV in his arm. He like pushes her away. Rips the thing out of his arm and punches the other lady in the face. Oh my god! <laughs> and then there's blood squirting everywhere too. So jeez. So I'm trying not to like pass out, and mm. then they, then you know they kind of like regain their composure, and then she's like, "I'll be back," and then she brings back these big, huge, burly men. <laughs> A whole little fox. Wow. To put in that IV because he he wasn't having it. Or remind, remind me never to piss you off. Yeah, he was only two. It was pretty uh pretty intense. Now he's twelve. Now he's twelve. Now I can bench press cars. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that you know he didn't like having that needle stuck in his arm. No, I, I didn't. Really I also didn't that. like it like a couple years ago when I almost. When I went into shock, I didn't like that. Oh, when you when you tried to cut your nose off your face, that one? No, the other one. Oh. The, the one after oh, that. Oh, that was just a blood draw. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a blood draw where I went into shock. Is that what you're thinking yeah, about? You, you, no, you, I went into shock, then you went into shock when I went into shock. That was very weird. But were you getting your blood drawn? No, he was. I was. And it, like, <laughs> made you all woozy, too. I was all woozy. I was, like, I was surprised, too. Oh, it wow. doesn't. That's not something that typically would get to me. Uh, Anyways, get that one off topic. <laughs> yeah. Good job, Fox. Good job. Teen Meg and Emmanuel finally arrive at Northern State, Northern Indiana State Hospital. I still don't know where they got the name. I, I didn't notice it ever. Uh, that night, they can't get inside though because it's surrounded by demons. Meg and Dean retreat to talk in private, and Meg insists they remind Cass who he is so he can destroy the demons. But Dean warns her that after what Cass did, he could snap or disappear. Emmanuel overhears Dean and tells him that he wants to know who he is. Dean is hesitant, but Meg, Meg tells him that he's an angel and that he and Dean were best friends who used to fight together. Emmanuel realizes he must be the Cass that Dean told him about, and he apologizes. Then he resolves to fight the demons in front of the hospital, even though he doesn't remember how. Uh, he approaches the demons who are shocked to see him alive before they can do anything. Castiel smites them all. His memories come back to him in the process, assaulting him with images of his partnership with Crowley and his betrayal of Dean. Once the demons are taken care of, Meg and Dean approach him. He tells him that he remembers them. He remembers everything. He's disgusted with himself and makes his leave, but Dean chases after him. 
when it seems like he's trying to defend past Castiel's past acts, Castiel tells him he deserved to die for the things he did. He doesn't think he can fix anything, but Dean believes he can. He reaches into the trunk of his car and pulls out Castiel's trench coat, because he means business. <laughs> it has, like, a pink stain on it. Oh, it's got blood stain all over it. It looked really gross. It looked like pink. It wasn't blood. You know... He could have had a dry cleaned or something. Yeah, been nice. I know. I know. Well, I you know, it's, it's like it's like when the, when the kid dies, you leave the room the same way as you left it. No, <laughs> unless it's dies. splattered with blood. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna <laughs> like. Uh, no, that's not the same thing, Paul. <laughs> yeah, you just we, leave the room we, splattered in blood. Do we need to have a talk? <laughs> when I worked at the dry cleaner, this like really uh, this lovely fellow who's uh-huh. a character around town. Um, he came in and he had been, he'd been mugged uh. and he had with him the most beautiful faux fur coat I'd ever seen, but it was just totally covered in just blood. Just matted in blood? Yeah. Oh. And if he had not been such a lovely fellow, I would have been like, what the hell happened? <laughs> but yeah, and we couldn't get the stains out. Oh. But I just, yeah, it's like, this is work. This is what happens in my work. But not at your current work. No. No, we did get. I'm sure a you get some crash back. suit. It's a crash suit. We got a crashed suit, but the guy had hit a donkey in Africa. So was it donkey blood or it his was blood? Donkey blood. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, that was an interesting one. You got it hanging up with crashed into a donkey written on it for the. We actually, yeah, we say gonna... we we save that one. Yeah. So. All right. They have a gallery of crash suits at their at her workplace. Uh, crash motorcycle suits. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's one covered in blood. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not like covered. covered. But it's, it's got, got donkey some, blood on it. It's got some spatters. Wow, I want to so see the, that. So the the donkey didn't survive. That's what neither did the bike. The bike didn't survive. Bike didn't survive, no. and the suit is not. The suit was fine though, and the guy no. was fine. The suit was fine enough. I mean, it's, it's fine. Crashed. I mean, after we cr- we crashed them for insurance. Yeah. Reasons, and then you know they get insurance money. Mm-hmm. Kind of like when you crash your car. Yeah. Meanwhile, Sam is strapped down and wheeled into electroshock therapy. He starts to panic and asks for his brother, but the orderly ignores him and places a black, a, a rubber mouth guard between his teeth. He says he's going to start Sam off on a high setting, just as his eyes flash black. Sam struggles but can't escape, and the demon shocks him. He's about to increase the electrical setting again when Castiel appears behind him with his old trench coat on before smiting him. Castiel releases Sam from the electroshock machine and reaches out to heal him, but it doesn't work, and Sam still sees how Lucifer. Back in Sam's room, Castiel tells Dean he can't rebuild the wall in Sam's mind because it is completely crumbled. Dean is upset, and Castiel tells him he can't make the problem disappear, but he might be able to shift it. Dean watches in confusion as Castiel approaches Sam's bedside, telling him that it's better this way. He apologizes to Sam and then puts his hand to his head. Red light emanates from around Sam's eyes, then runs up Castiel's arm and into his eyes, effectively transferring Sam's hallucinations into his own mind. Because that's the thing, apparently. When Castiel lets go of Sam, Sam becomes lucid. He sees Dean and then notices Castiel is next to him. He says his name, but Castiel doesn't answer him because instead of Sam, he sees Hallucifer lying on Sam's bed. He retreats in fear. When Sam and Dean leave the hospital, they leave without Castiel, who's now a member of the locked psychiatric ward himself. The only demon who knows where he is is Meg, who has insinuated herself onto the ward staff as nurse. 
as a nurse. Sam is reluctant to leave Castiel in her hands, but Dean tells him it's the only option they have. The end. So, that's the summary. Um, does anybody win this? Dean, because he did more work. I mean, Dean did all the work, right? He went and got, went and got cast and brought him back. Sure. And, but, uh, well, but Sam I mean, up now. Yeah, Sam, uh, Sam rescued someone even though he was in the middle of being tormented by Lucifer and then... That's, I'd yeah, Sam wins because he's he's okay again. I mean, he's, it's unfortunate why, but, you know. Yeah, that's a win. It's a win for Sam. Yeah, I would I would say Sam because yeah, he 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 managed to hunt a ghost and and defeat a ghost all while being all while going crazy and being locked away in a in a psych ward, and then he also uh, got cured of his uh, of his insomnia and his craziness. And so yeah, he just wins all around. Yeah, I'll go with I'll go with that. I originally had Dean because he got his brother and his angel back, but uh, yeah, Sam Sam did some good work in this episode. Eh, I'm gonna give it to Dean. I'm with Fox. I think he did more. So that means we have um, Paul. Did you come down? I came down on, on the Dean side of Sam. On Sam. Okay, that means Sam wins. Tight race, though. Yes, it was was. Uh, does anyone want to quote anything in this episode? Uh, yeah, here we go. You'd be sleeping right now if the devil would just leave you alone for five seconds. Stupid Satan. <laughs> that was beautiful, Clarence. <laughs> You're an angel. I'm sorry, is that a flirtation? <laughs> <laughs> so who named you bouncingbabynames.com <laughs> this ain't gonna go well I don't know I believe in the little tree topper <laughs> I'm out tapped out of quotes yeah that's all I got ooh lobotomy this <laughs> <laughs> is really like the way he says that <laughs> And then when the doctor says, you know, we're not talking about lobotomy in the background, he goes, darn. <laughs> so apparently, I mean, Castiel is now committed and seeing Lucifer. But can he cope with it better, being an angel and all? Uh, maybe. So I don't think he's, they locked him up. Yeah, they locked him up. He just, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I don't think he can cope with it well, just, but, but. Better than Sam, probably, yeah. I, I think I, it won't kill him. I'm curious about how the admitting process works in this hospital. Castiel just appears inside, and then he gets locked up inside. Meanwhile, Sam's just all better and gets to go. Yeah, and Meg just gets hired with, like, no credentials at all. Yeah. Well, she can fake credentials somehow well, by being a demon. You, can you fake those credentials? She's saying she's someone else entirely because she's talking about her meat soup from, like, two times ago it's or hard something. It's to or fake one time credentials ago. these days, wouldn't it be? I mean... I would think so. Because, like, I remember I was applying for jobs and I, like, had to have the university, you know, send my transcripts to play. You know, there's no fake in that. It is what it is. So, Mm. right? But for plot convenience, you can fake it. You didn't have plot convenience on your side. You know, my whole life has kind of been that way. So... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, given that she's a demon, I'm sure there's, like, stuff she can pull, you know, some sort of 
magical thing that she can do that, you know. Gives her a degree. I mean, that's the thing. It's like it's like if Bobby can can pull a bunch of strings and fake a bunch of stuff, and he's just a human guy, then I imagine was, the power a demon would have. I thought it was a little implausible that she's going by Meg Masters, who is a completely different body. Well, I mean, there can be more than one Meg Masters. Like, they're not going to like look. Hey, you have the name of a dead girl in so and so Ohio. You know, like. <laughs> I think she was from Maine. You know that, Maine, that yeah. other Paul Mackey might be getting old. You might. There's no other foxes up in a bracket. No. No, you're not. set. You're all set there. You're all set. Yay! I bet you. <laughs> you're all by yourself in the world. Same with there. you. No, I know. I did this to you. I'm sorry. Not there's a, there's there's no other John Pavlich that I know of, but there is a Matt Pavlich who is a boxer who does actually kind of look like me. Uh-huh. Um, You're probably related. Most likely, yeah. There's a there's a Stacy Pavlich who's a uh, conservative uh, journalist in Arizona mm-hmm. who who looks a lot like my half sister. Okay. So probably related to her too cool. Papa was a rolling stone is what I'm trying to say well. <laughs> well genetics are interesting things we've got one piece of feedback yes and it's on Facebook it's from Simone and I don't know if Ooh. I should read it or if someone else would like to before you do whoever reads it I do want to point out that uh, Simone was kind enough to mention on the, in the Facebook group page uh, a couple episodes ago that um, when we were watching uh, Bobby's last episode and we were we were talking about the the woman who was playing his wife and we were like that's a different actress oh she doesn't look the same and that's weird nope turns out it was the same person oh <laughs> so yeah people change. Uh, it's just she. She looked completely different from when she was, you know, baking pies and turning into a zombie. So, would someone like to read it, or should I just go ahead on it? It's on Facebook. Go ahead. Okay. Do it. Yeah, if you've got it right in front of you, go for it. All right. The born again identity feedback. Apparently, there's no amount of an- conventional antipsychotics that'll get the devil out of your noggin. Thanks for the. Ass- <laughs> thanks for the assist, Bobby. Also, thanks for the heart raging pain, Mackie. I miss. I miss Bobby. Wait now. So we've had a couple of occasions now where they've been like, "Hey, guess what? It's Bobby's ghost that's taking care of them." Because there was one in the in the um, the thing with the, the the Sunnydale Mirror guy, the professor, right? Where they find the exact right paper laying on top after not being able to find it at all. Mm-hmm. And then this one, Dean went away to get a beer, and the planner fell on the ground, and the the card that he needed flopped flopped out of it. So mm. do we have a Bobby ghost situation? Of course we do. They said they burned him. Because they burn hunters. He's going to come back. Must have some part of him somewhere still. There's Just like the brother in this episode. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that, that's, that's his house. It's full of stuff. It's full of his stuff, so. Well, they burned his house, too. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but did they burn but they the do, whole, they the do whole still, yard? Or? Yeah, I mean, they do still have a bunch of his stuff, so. Yeah. All right. Because well, just, like just like with the guy in, in this episode that yeah. uh, Sam you know, vanquished, like, they didn't actually have to burn his his bones or anything, because he was already cremated, so they just had to burn something that, that was his, that had his DNA on it. Right. 
So, what do you think? Is it a Bobby ghost that's helping him? No. Or is it coincidence or some other kind of fate? Coincidence. Or possibly a Christmas tree ghost? A Christmas, Christmas tree, ghost? tree ghost, of course. Okay. I think you're looking at a Christmas tree and grasping at straws, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh, back to Simone's feedback. I've said this before on this very podcast even, but institutions on TV are never realistic. Patients that are allowed to roam about freely and dirty rooms do not an institution make. Usually they're extremely clean and you get locked away at a certain hour of the evening to avoid those ghost-killing circle jerks. Whatever that <laughs> means, Fox. <laughs> I love it means when you kill ghosts together. Inside a salt circle. Yeah, Maybe. exactly. I love Lucy, meaning Lucifer. I feel bad for I feel bad for Sam, but I do I do, but Lucifer is an effing delight when he's terrorizing our sweet innocent baby Winchester. My Dean can't shake the bad stuff anymore. Crowley was name checked twice. I'm assuming he'll be it means he'll be reappearing soonish. Yeah, I, I certainly hope so. Uh, hey there, Emmanuel the healer. You look suspiciously like an angel we know. Oh, you are Castiel. Bummer. Does Cass understand the concept of polygamy since we've known him? He's been married twice and has a long-standing flirtation with Meg Masters. <laughs> speaking yeah, of... they're open. Speaking of Meg, I heart Meg. And, <laughs> and Castiel remembers. Look, I wish Cass taking Sammy's crazy made up for the causing it in the first place and for the Leviathan mess, but it doesn't. It never will. As I said during last season's finale, Castiel has started something, something with far-reaching consequences, and nothing he does or could ever do will put things right ever. My Meg, she got a job at the Nut House so, so that she could look after her puppy. Aww. <laughs> and then she has, so who named you Emmanuel? Bouncybabynames.com? <laughs> Thanks, Simone. Thanks, Simone. Hey, Simone. Thank you. So, does somebody want to kick off the ratings? I really love this episode. Um, it takes place mostly in the institution, uh, which is a fun little bottle episode thing, which I enjoy. Um, it's really cool to see Sam uh, like care for other people and continue to do his job, even though he's like, He's, like, dying and going crazy all at the same time. Um, I'm real happy that Castiel is back, you know, regardless of, of uh, uh, Simone's feedback, which is valid. Uh, I'm still happy that Misha Collins is playing Cass again. So I'm going to give this one 9 out of 10 yard birds. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I liked it a lot, and I thought that there were a lot of interesting elements I'm not typically one for stretching things out, but I do wish that the, uh, the the Castiel being rediscovered and then finding out that he's Castiel took a little bit longer than the space of less than an episode. Yeah, it felt a little rushed in that case. Although I guess they you know they they want to get uh, Lucifer out of Sam's head and move on with things, I guess. But uh, I assume this is going to put Castiel in the tank for uh, for an episode or two before we get get him back again. Um, but all that said, I really liked it. I'm going to give it 8 out of 10 broken beers. Oh, poor beers. So, I don't know. It was, it was uh, a lot happened, mm. if you think about it. You know, it really kind of progressed things. It, it uh, not boring. It was uh, progressive. 
So I'm going to give it a seven out of ten sets of white pajamas. <laughs> I really didn't like it. I thought it was too coincidental. Um, so I'm going to give it six out of ten broken flip phones. Aww. <laughs> Annie? Um, I, I really like this episode. Um, I, I love having cast back, obviously. And I, I'm just a huge Meg fan. I just love her anytime she's on screen. <laughs> um, and, uh, so she always like, you know, gets a happy reaction out of me. Um, it's got good pacing. There's a lot that happens, like you said, in this episode, but it doesn't feel terribly rushed to me and it, it, I'm never bored. I really like Marin um, and the little uh, case, the, the bottle case in the hospital. Um, that's a lot of fun and is, make, it makes Sam really impressive. He's like actively in the middle of dying and he can't stop helping people. Um, and I really like the music in the um, whatever song that was in the, the Smite sequence where Cass gets his memory back and smites all the demons. Oh, that's right. That's that's right. That's right. You weren't there for the uh, Nubentary for that part. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Th- uh, this is why my rating is what it was, because that's a song from the 60s by the Yardbirds. It's called uh, Turn Into Earth. Oh, OK. Yeah, I totally didn't get your rating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, you know. Um, and now I can finally say that, uh, you know, now that he's back and you know that surprise Cass is alive. Um but his stage is set for like that. He's got two and a half seasons of really solid, really cool character development. Um, because Redemption. Of, yes, because of what happened with, you know, turning into an evil God for a while. Um, and that's very exciting to me. So I'm going to give it nine out of 10 um, Dolly freaking Yodas. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, I thought it was good like I enjoyed watching it but like honestly like listening to the recap today it was really hard like I didn't remember that one scene at all um I don't know and if Fox is writing that it was kind of coincidental like oh uh Dean just happens to stumble on cast somewhere well, that's cool I don't know yeah whatever <laughs> so I'm gonna give this one a 7 out of Ten. Oh, I had it and then I lost it and I can't remember what it was. Well, that's a good oh, narcissistic, narcissistic personality disorders. <laughs> so that gives this episode a um, seven point six seven total, which that seems fair. All right. So, John, what's our homework for next week? Next week's homework is another mini cluster of two episodes, season seven, episodes 18 and 19, which are called Party on Garth of Grave Importance. This This will be cluster E. Considering we were introduced to a character named Garth earlier in the season, I'm going to guess that Garth is in this episode. Just a stretch. That's madness. Uh, and then if grave importance could be gosh darn anything, but it's got to probably have to do with an actual grave. Because, hey, that's obvious, right? Also absurd. Okay. 
Sorry. Important to be in earnest. <laughs> um, so, anyways, that's uh, that's kind of it for tonight. Uh, I think we're all we're all as tired as Sam, so I think it's probably time to just sign off and say happy hunting. Bye. Happy hunting. Happy hunting. Bye, y'all. Say bye, Fox. Bye. <laughs> bye, Fox. Bye. You haven't you haven't seen enough uh, Burns and Allen routines of the old old times. Well, you're supposed to say bye, Fox. Yeah. You've been listening to Idgitcast from QuadrupleZ.com. Join the discussion at Facebook.com slash We love feedback. You can email us or send us an MP3 voice message. Please use the episode title as your subject line to prevent accidental spoilers. Our email address is IdgitCastPodcast at gmail.com. The theme song for IdgitCast is by Borrowed Trouble. Find the band at BorrowedTrouble.com. Lyrics and vocals by Idgitcast's founder, Allie Jones, who you can find out all about at I'mTheWonderBand.com. The closing music you hear right now is Too Good, written and performed by Jack Mangan and is used by permission. You can find other music, writings, and discussions by Jack, as well as back episodes of his own deadpan podcast at jackmangan.com. You can hear more from the hosts of this show. Yvette can be heard as one of the hosts of Investigating Mars, an intro cast for the TV series Veronica Mars, also available from quadruplez.com. And now Yvette will tell you all about select movies from the Lifetime Network. Find out before you watch what movie has all the best people and who is the worst. Yvette will tell you all about it at moviesofourlifetime.com. John Pavlich can be heard on CastleCast, a fan cast for the ABC series Castle at castlecast.net and his own Sofa Dogs podcast at sofadogs.libsyn.com. Now you can also watch the Sofa Dogs YouTube channel at youtube.com slash user slash sofadogs. Annie is currently acting as global coordinator for Can't Stop the Serenity, a worldwide series of charity screenings of Jaw Sweden's Serenity, benefiting Equality Now. For more information on Can't Stop the Serenity, including event listings and how to host an event, visit www.cantstoptheserenity.com. Darcy and I can also be heard on the Ghostlight Podcast, an intercast for the television series Slings and Arrows, also featured on quadruplez.com. Not creeping up on me. Thing. It's dialing a bit. Come on, a bit. Come on, come on. It says it's ringing. Iris, are you wearing perfume? What? Are you wearing perfume? No, no I just drank it. <laughs> Did you drink it? <laughs> it tastes like blind. I'm not that dumb. Not that dumb. I know somebody who might be, but I don't know. I'm not gonna make any judgments. You totally smell like perfume. Are you wearing perfume? No. I'm not. Are you wearing lotion? Yes. Oh, that would do it.